Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin. But it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend on the outside. Bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59, somewhere fancy. Rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy Touch that dial. You get another spirited rendition of Hook Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the Get Out of States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you from the Post Time with Mike and Mike Studios in Columbus. Mike Bozich has the day off uh, this morning. He will return next Thursday at 10:30. What a show we have on tap for you as we get ready to highlight some of the big stakes action coming up with the Pepsi North America Cup and the Battle of Lake Erie coming up at Northfield Park. But how about the wall participating in the Cam Luck Classic last excuse me, last Friday night? And he was impressive as always. Mike Bozich. I don't ever like to admit that uh ever like to admit that Mike is right from a handicapping standpoint, but I'll tell you he could not be talked off the wall and the wall did not disappoint. Rock and speed was second. And what a great time we had out at the raceway at Western Fair District. Myself, Garnet Barnsdale, Ace Barnsdale, and Mike Bozich all covered it live last Friday night. And it was a lot of fun. The crowd was fantastic and we really, really enjoyed it. Well, coming up this morning, you've got a great spirited show. We're going to have a few guests on. We're going to kind of divvy some things up. We're going to talk some Pepsi North America Cup with Mark McKelvey, the Director of Communications at Woodbine Mohawk Park, 
as we get ready for the 2019 Pepsi North American Cup eliminations take place this weekend. There's also a lot of stakes races coming up next Saturday night, so some needed eliminations, some didn't. We'll let Mark get into all that. What fans can expect? But great wagering opportunities will be available. So we'll talk with Mark McKelvey here in just a little bit. My man Dave Bianconi joins the program, uh, the director of racing at Northfield Park, as we talk the $200,000 battle of Lake Erie coming up at my old stomping grounds, Northfield Park. Um, He'll talk to us a little bit about what it takes to put this together. Um, obviously there's some sire stakes going on in that program as well, but we're going to talk to Dave about what it takes to get an invitational ready, who you invite, how you invite people, things of that sort. We're also going to talk to trainer Brian Loney, who will participate in the battle of Lake Erie with bully pulpit, who is kind of one of the underdogs. He's one of the two Ohio horses in the field. Him and Southwind Amazon will take center stage against some of harness racing's top aged and open pacers so it'll be fun to watch them and we're going to talk with jim miller as expanded gaming appears to be coming to illinois racetracks we're going to talk to jim miller to get his thoughts on the bill that is headed to the governor's office uh we we believe it was signed yesterday for expanded gaming lots coming up here on this edition of post time with mike and mike presented by the united states trotting association of bet america mark mckelvey is in the on deck circle Take a quick time out when we come back more from post time with At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, the day will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter on solo duty as Mike Bozich 
had to take this week off. We're joined now by the Director of Communications at Woodbine Mohawk Park and does a little bit of everything, including apparently some voiceover work, my man Mark McKelvey. Mark, what's going on? I, I noticed that. I was a little caught off guard. The voice sounds familiar. How are you, Mike? Not doing too bad. Well, you guys have a couple of stellar programs coming up, Mark, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the eliminations for the Pepsi North America Cup are coming up this weekend. And before we dive into all that and kind of find out who is in those races, tell us a little bit about what fans can expect next Saturday for the uh, 2019 uh, $1 million Pepsi North America Cup night. Well, of course, we do encourage everybody to come out this weekend, but the the big date that everyone's had circled on their calendar is Saturday, June 15th. And uh, if you've been to the Pepsi North America Cup before, you know it's kind of a festival-like atmosphere. We've got uh, tons on the go for all ages. Uh, You know, the activities include live entertainment. We'll have uh, several up-and-coming Canadian country artists performing throughout the night. Uh, We're also going to have a beer garden, big barbecue pits, food trucks. uh, So you won't go hungry, that's for sure. And, and of course, uh, every year we give out a commemorative uh, baseball cap, uh, recognizing that year's Pepsi North America Cup. So the first 1,500 guests uh, to arrive, we'll uh, get get their uh, ball cap for the 2019 edition. And at 5:30, we're going to have uh, another thing that I started a few years ago, and it's kind of become an annual tradition: is the uh, meet and greet with the drivers in the Pepsi North America Cup. So uh, we'll have a driver's autograph signing uh, right out by the winner's circle at 5:30. And uh, of course, that's just some of the stuff that's going on on track. And and you know, the main event is going to be the big race, and we got lots of. Uh, uh, enticing wagering options, and uh, it's just going to be a stellar card. Over $2 million in purses, so many uh, feature events. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. There's no doubt about it. Well, listen, I can't tell my crew about the food. Have you not seen uh, myself, Garnet, or Mike? We we obviously <laughs> enjoy food, so we, uh, we might be at the food table and not doing the show, but uh, we will be broadcasting live from the Pepsi North America Cup next Saturday night. Uh, the time uh, that we'll kick off will be somewhere between 8 and 8.30, so we're looking forward to being out there again. But what a stellar group you guys have drawn in uh, a field of 18 so two divisions of nine will take center stage this coming Saturday. Take a look at the third race, Mark, in the Pepsi North America Cup uh, elimination going for $50,000. And what an impressive field that you see here. It's a good mix of horses, which is what I like to see. You've got some horses coming in that have won three straight, some that have won two straight. Um, you've got horses that have been hitting the board consistently on a regular basis. But what this kind of allows for is one of those races where maybe one of those uh, up-and-comers could kind of sneak out and kind of make themselves a case that they could potentially win uh, the North America Cup. Yeah, that first elimination came up pretty tough. If uh, you were waiting on the entries Tuesday afternoon, if you had one of the horses entered and you saw that you landed in that first one, you were probably shaking your head a little bit. It's going to be tough. Uh, the top five will advance. and. Uh, you know, in recent years, um, you know, it's been pretty much regular that we've had three eliminations. This year, only 18 entered, and I'm not going to say just only 18. I'd say you want uh, quality over quantity anytime, and we've got right. the best, I would say. And that first, uh, you know, that first elimination, right away, everyone wants to see where Captain Crunch ends up, and uh, I think there's no doubt he is the favorite to win the Pepsi North America Cup, and he draws in that first elimination, post position number four. You know, we, we don't really need to go on too much about Captain Crunch. Everybody knows what he's done. <laughs> in his first two starts. And, and I think everyone's got him pegged as the, the one to beat, but the other horses in that field, like you said, coming in from some different areas, you know, we've got some that have been racing locally uh, at Woodbine Mohawk park. Best in shows look really good. for Linda Somewhere, but was raced on the front uh, for a second week in a row. So maybe the strategy will change. And obviously has the pedigree to, to be a star. 
And then Century Pharaoh, uh, one that uh, nobody really had on the radar as a Pepsi North America Cup contender for trainer uh, Ian Moore, draws the outside. The last two weeks, Century Pharaoh, uh, I would say, was uh, got the, the benefit of the draws. So it drew into the softer division. There's no doubt about it. And trainer Ian Moore, he even said it himself. And he was obviously not going to complain about the fact that they landed in some softer <laughs> spots. But now they're going to find out what this son of, of Mach 3 is all about. He was the grassroots champion last year uh, in Ontario. And not often you see horses move up from the grassroots to the gold, to the grand circuit. And he's undefeated in four starts this season. So those are the two local ones that uh, I've got my eyes on, but you talked about horses coming in from some other parts. Better's wish draws the rail. We saw him last season at Mohawk park competing in the Ontario Sire stakes. He recently just crushed them in the art room. And I've been a big fan of this horse going back a year. Dexter Dunn, uh, obviously he's been making lots of noise and, and he's looking to get into the North America cup for the first time. And, the other horse that we have to talk about is that Ron Burke uh, trainee. Uh, and, and again, here, obviously, I've been lucky. I haven't had to call this horse in a race yet, but he will <laughs> Dale, if I'm right. Um, that qualifier, uh, talk about making a statement, and you can never count out the Burke Brigade. Yeah, it's interesting because you see David Miller is the listed as the driver on De Los Cielos De Lo after uh, that 148-4 score with Yannick taking a drive on the Brian Brown horse, Air Force Hanover, kind of flipping a little bit here, which kind of makes things a little bit interesting because obviously Yannick normally drives for Ron and you know Dave normally drives for Brian. But you see what Dave has been able to do with uh, this horse in his qualifiers and kind of leading up to – uh, the Pepsi North America Cup, and so you know, you obviously you don't want to change a whole heck of a lot when you're doing that type of stuff, and you see the horses starting to perform really well. You know, I, I you know if things are good, why change it? Yeah, exactly. And this horse came out just flying last year as a two-year-old and tailed off towards the end of the year. So to see that maybe resurgence heading into the North America Cup has to be pretty uh, pretty good for the the connections. They have to be feeling pretty pretty strong and. The thing is, though, as I mentioned, top five are going to advance. I think we named already five horses there that all <laughs> are contenders. And, you know, we still didn't mention a horse like Hurricane Emperor, who has yeah. just been tuning up by crushing in the New, New Jersey Sire Stakes. So somebody with a talented three-year-old is going to be on the outside looking in. And, you know, I have a couple people mentioned to me how much they love three eliminations because you really got to race. You got to be top three just to guarantee yourself a spot. In two eliminations, you have to be top five. And maybe sometimes you can uh, be a little more conservative. I don't think that's the case with this group, uh, considering just how deep it is. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Mark. You know, it, it's interesting because this race almost sets up like the Confederation Cup did uh, a few weeks back with uh, only a couple of eliminations and horses like Courtly Choice who we saw dominate, kind of had to sit on the outside looking in. So I, I could really see all nine contenders, all fighting for a chance, all vying. This is definitely going to be one of those sub-150 eliminations. And it'll be really cool to kind of see what the strategy is, Mark, because there is a lot of speed in this first elimination uh, between post one through five. And then you've got number nine, Century Pharaoh, that you mentioned, who has a lot of early speed, but he has proven that he can come from off the pace. Now, granted, that was against non-winners of three at Woodbine Mohawk Park, which is not a walk in the park by any sense, but this is definitely a different class, of course. <laughs> oh, it is, and, and that's uh, that's the first thing I noticed, too, right away, what you mentioned, and that is you just take a quick glance at the past performances. You see a lot of horses that are being raced on the front. And if you were trying to guess who's going to get that early lead, I think on, on pedigree and uh, past uh, performances, I would say Hurricane Emperor will probably be that one that gets to the top. But there's going to be a lot of movement, I, I would expect, early on. And you know Scott Zeron wants to set himself up with Captain Crunch to be in, in a really good spot. And 
Um, he's not going to want to take everything out of him here in the elimination, but it's so important to be able to select your post for the final, especially when you got a horse like that who, uh, if he comes out and performs the way we've seen the first two starts, and then he's got a good post position in the final, um, he's probably going to get major respect, and, and it could be lights out for everybody else. All right, let's jump to the second elimination. It's race number eight, and the first one turned up, Mark, to be a really nice betting race. There won't be, definitely won't be a one to nine in there at all. It won't be a two to five. It'll be interesting to kind of see how the wagering patterns go, but talk about a good wagering race is race number eight on this Saturday night's program. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's a really competitive field. Obviously, working on a mystery is eight to five of the morning line coming off of a win. Uh, I, easy victory in his qualifier at uh, Harris Hoosier Park. Uh, and he looked really has looked really good in the Pennsylvania Sire Stakes thus far, but he draws the outside post number nine. That may bode a little bit tough for him, especially with you have horses like Lions, Nighthawk, who draws the inside, uh, has some early speed. Stag Party, we haven't seen a whole lot from him early on this season, but you know they've been gearing for the Pepsi North America Cup. And look at the post, post 11 and then post 8. I know Casey's got to have Stag Party ready to go. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm uh, expecting, is that uh, the past two weeks, third place efforts from Stag Party, but uh, this isn't the, the, the end goal. The end goal was the Pepsi North right. America Cup. So, yeah, you expect that one to come out and, and have a big performance. And I'm with you on uh, everything you just said there, working on a mystery drawing the outside while he looks to be the top horse in that field, uh, it won't be easy for him. You know, he's going to have to really get out of there strong. And um, a horse that I've got circled and one that, uh, you know, I've kept my eye on is Caviar Rockland for trainer Nancy Johansson, who two starts ago um, came up to Woodbine Mohawk Park to race in an Ontario Sire Stakes Gold event and um, got away not bad, but the trip ended up becoming a bit of a nightmare, ended up kind of getting shuffled back and got hooked in wheels with another competitor uh, turning for home. And just uh, that one was a complete write-off. And then last week, we see Scott Zeron get back into the sulky and just sort of floats away, gets away near the back in some beach somewhere. And this one closed uh, a ton, 26 and two home to nearly pick off Century Pharaoh. And I thought it was a sneaky good performance by Caviar at Rockland. You're looking at some of those results and you're seeing a sixth and a fifth. And, you know, maybe it just doesn't stand out. But I think if you watch the way this horse has come along and you remember how he raced last year, um, he's got that ability. And I think this is a group that isn't as deep. So it, it tends to open, you know, lead to the potential to seeing a horse like that who's eight to one on the morning line coming through and, and getting a maybe a mild surprise score. All right. Race number 10 uh, is another race I kind of wanted to take a look at real quick, Mark. And it, it, this is a division that we haven't really get, gotten to see the foes kind of take on each other just yet. In this race, you draw You Are My Candy Girl. Of course, Stand Between Your Toes has been racing up at Woodbine Mohawk Park. You have Caviar Alley. You have Charton. Uh, you have Better Joy in the race. Double A Mint. Kissing in the Sand. You couldn't have a more loaded field to face Charton, uh, who is six for seven this year. Yeah, and this is a uh, roses are red prep. This uh, isn't even the final yet, so we only had uh, you know we didn't need eliminations for this event. We had eleven enter, so it goes right to a final, and that means we get an opportunity uh, this week to see a prep race, which in the past hasn't always come together. Of course, you know the race office will contact those trainers when eliminations aren't needed and ask if they if they'd like to race in a prep. And uh, I think because of the fact that we're in early June and it's still early in the stakes season and everybody wants to get those races under their belt. Uh, I think that's why we were able to get such a, a competitive and, and star studded group to contest this race. And 
Um, I'm expecting it to be just a, a fantastic contest. Um, of course, if you win this, it doesn't mean you get to pick your post or anything for the finals. <laughs> so you have to maybe, uh, you know, remember that the big money is on the line next week. But um, I'm with you there on everything you just said. We get to see Sharton face uh, some real tough rivals. And um, this is a real deep group. And I think one thing that stood out to me going into this weekend and, you know, um, we hadn't talked about it is the Friday evening card having the Armbrough flight eliminations yep. for the trotting mares and just seeing how deep that group of trotting mares is. There's so much talent there. Um, and then I see the red prep come out and you realize we've got so much talent in the pacing mares division as well. So uh, I think our sport's lucky to have uh, what are probably going to be some great showdowns uh, between the ladies this season. Now, real quick, let's jump to the Armbrough flight. And you got the benefit last year of getting to call Atlanta versus Manchego, the first kind of showdown between these two. And, and it's been kind of cool to watch them go back and forth. But Manchego just did not turn up as well or as good in the graduate um, last week. Uh, she draws post number eight this week against Emoticon Hanover and Hanalore Hanover, who has been kind of off her game a little bit. Uh, she didn't really show up all that great in the preferred at uh, the Meadowlands. But the second division of the Armbrough flight uh, definitely seems to be probably the more interesting of the two with Emoticon Hanover drawing the inside. You have Ice Attraction. And then you have a horse named Darling Miras, who we really don't know what this horse is capable of just yet. Yeah, we don't. And, uh, you know, trainer uh, Okus Fonstad had this one originally pegged to race in the Miss Versatility leg a few weeks back at Mohawk Park as the, the North American debut. But clearly there was a, a bit of a setback and a bit of a delay. And, uh, qualified last Saturday at the Meadowlands, and now is going to make that debut. So I don't know what to expect from that competitor, especially being the first start. And um, travel, obviously, is uh, something that you have to take into consideration, which is why I expect Manchego uh, to have a much better performance this week, considering that uh, this one was up here last week to race in the graduate and then stayed through and uh, has been getting ready for this Armbrough flight this week locally. So um, there's a reason right there to expect Manchego to be a little bit better. But it's a real good competitive race and you know a horse that i'm gonna obviously have my eyes on is a moticon hanover because um i'm just not sure she ever completely gets the respect she deserves you know she's a two-time <laughs> breeders crown champion but um not the flashiest mare right and that sometimes uh is the reason why you know the handle or hanovers and and whoever else maybe get some of the attention so i think she's looked so good to start her campaign she's two for two two easy looking victories she's on her home track uh, this might be her year, but uh, they have to take down the defending champion, Hanover Hanover. She's won this race three years in a row. She's going for the four-peat, which is unprecedented and something we don't see very often in our sport anymore. So uh, she's just been so good for so long. So we'll see what happens uh, this Friday in the eliminations. Of course, uh, I think over in that first split, though, uh, it's the other Burke Trainee Atlanta who uh, all eyes will be on her. Uh, she looks like she might just be maybe a second better than all of them at this moment. All right, Mark. Well, listen, we're looking forward to being out there next Saturday night. Thanks so much for taking time out to join us. And uh, I can't wait to see uh, how some of these eliminations shape up. Yeah, it's always an exciting weekend. And uh, it'll get, just basically whet the appetite for what's going to be a lot of fun on uh, Saturday, June 15th. And uh, for everybody listening, they can get full details and full coverage leading up to the Peps North America Cup at our website, woodbindmohawkpark.com. All right. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. All right, that was Mark McKelvey from Woodbine Mohawk Park, and what a weekend of racing they have between Friday and Saturday night. 
with the eliminations for the Armbro Flight and the Pepsi North America Cup. Jim Miller's in the on-deck circle. Take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk some Illinois harness racing. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once in a lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you solo as Mike Bozich has the week off. He'll be back next Thursday. And we're joined now by Jim Miller. And Jim, I, I could still I could still see your smile uh, from, from, from as far away as I am. I'll tell you what, uh, what a resurgence over the last uh, week or so for the state of Illinois and uh, the racing product out there. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's incredible, Mike. And you're, you're right. When you talk about resurgence, I mean, it's a revival here in the state because things really have been kind of on life support over the course of, of save in the last 10 or 15 years. But with the uh, passing of this gaming legislation, you're looking at a, a full-blown casino here coming to Hawthorne soon, sports betting coming to Hawthorne soon, the elimination of recapture, which really helps our purse account. And what all that means in the end is, is increased purses for our horsemen and also the creation of another harness track here in the state of Illinois. So now you're going back to not being too far away from year-round racing again in the state of Illinois, but racing for, for I would say, much more than competitive purses. And, Jim, let's kind of dive into some of the aspects of this bill a little bit. Obviously, everybody is very excited about the potential of a new harness track uh, coming to the area. Now, where exactly uh, are the, is there parameters that they have to put as to where that track could go, and will harness racing continue at Hawthorne? 
Oh, yeah. Harness racing, first off, will definitely continue at Hawthorne. We came back into this game with the uh, closing of Maywood and Belmoral Park, and, and we really jumped in full bore. But you're talking about wanting to continue a summer meet here for years to come. And, and we're not going anywhere here at Hawthorne. This is something where, where we really we enjoy the racing here. We love the horsemen here in the state of Illinois. And just knowing that you can really grow the sport and become one of the major players in the industry is something that we're looking forward to. So that's a definite plus. But when you're talking about a new location, it has to be located within Cook County, which is the county that we're located in, but it can't be within 35 miles of Hawthorne without our approval. So what that means is you're going to have some something somewhat close here in the state of Illinois to us, and really there's a large population base out here, a great group of betters out here in the state, so to have a couple of locations and make it easier for the horsemen to not have to travel too far is a definite plus, but something we're really looking forward to. Yeah, obviously the elimination of recapture helps the purse accounts out there. And, you know, you're bringing in now sports betting as well. You've got the slots and full casinos coming in. How much did it kind of, how, how, how much, not, not pressure, pressure is not really the word I'm looking for here. Uh, how, how much work did it take to kind of put all this together? Has this been kind of a work in progress or has this been something that has kind of come along over the last year or two? You know what? It's been a combination. I mean, this is something that's probably been 25 years in the making when they're trying to get a gaming bill passed here in the state of Illinois. And, and really, there's just there's so many pieces to it. I mean, it's not just us for the racing industry. It's a Chicago casino. It's other casinos within the state of Illinois and just the economic impact that it brings to the state overall. But to get everybody on board for it, it, it was, was really huge because there are so many different aspects and so many people that really want and need to benefit from this bill passing. So it is a definite plus. I mean, when, when you focus on the racing industry, industry of course it's something where the players in the racing industry have worked for many years the horsemen's groups the racetracks overall just the illinois racing board and those that were the sponsors of the bill and that's the thing was you got everybody to come together here and it really happened very late in the session i mean they went into overtime for this to pass and one of those things was getting everybody on board getting more than enough votes for it to pass so that's really the good thing is there, there's huge support support from our governor here in the state of illinois and it did it just took everybody working together to get this to happen but it's it, it's something that will be huge not only for our industry here in the state but just something that was really much needed for the state as a whole now jim obviously the big question is when and you know when these things pass and things it takes time to kind of build it all together you want to do it the right way and promote it the right way uh what is the kind of time frame if you know it uh to uh, kind of when you guys plan on setting things up and uh, kind of going forward with all this well, I mean, we do dream big, so it's one of those things where we want to push forward and do things as quickly as possible, but do it properly, too. So when you're talking about sports betting, upon the signing of the legislation, things are really going to get into full motion in regards to sports betting, because you want that to be something that you're active with when we start the NFL season or as early in the NFL season as popular as possible, because it is the most popular sport to wager on. But if you can start generating income from that, then you can really start doing all of the other jobs. But the thing here at Hawthorne is we we already have a great facility and a great structure. Now you're looking at a facility that is pretty much going to be gutted, but at least you have an exterior that you can work with here at Hawthorne. But I know the goal of Tim Carey, our president of the racetrack, is to have a casino up and going by this time next year. And if you can do wow. that, then what you're looking at is the second half of next summer's meet really getting that huge impact. When you eliminate recapture just right there, that increases your purses by 50%. But when you're talking wow. about once we get up and running, everything's really moving in full bore, 
I mean, our goal and all, all of the projections we've seen is, is a perch structure that's probably going to be tripled, if not higher, as you move forward. And when you're talking about going from racing for, say, eighty to 90000 a day to racing for 300000 a day in purses, just, just think about what you can do for the horsemen in the state, but for what you can do to attract horsemen from out of state as well. Jim, I got to tell you, that is some super, super impressive figures. Before we let you go, talk to us a little bit about how things at Hawthorne are going. You guys kicked off the meet uh, not that long ago. And uh, I'll tell you, the racing product out there, wow, what a difference some uh, the HD signal makes. And what a competitive kind of group of horsemen you guys have out there. Right, and we do have a competitive group of horsemen, and the one thing that really has benefited us is getting a lot of horses that are able to race at Hoosier Park. So they've come in here fit and ready to go for the start of our meet. Field size has actually been better than we expected early on in the year because that was going to be a concern just with filling races early in the year. But we did adjust our schedule and only went three days a week to start, and then we'll expand to four days. But now what you're starting to see is more and more horses per races, more and more races being offered. And you're right, the HD signal really makes things very attractive. It's something that stands out when you're at a book and you're looking at a simulcast signal or anything when you want to bet a signal you want something that definitely is attractive to the better but it has helped we've looked at sunday nights where we're right around a million dollars in handle every sunday night and that's really kind of the goal to push forward to that and, and, and really grow off of that but ultimately our goal is you you want to get back to racing consistently four to five days a week you want full fields each and every race and this is something now where even just with the passing of this bill i've talked to our department of agriculture there's already people talking about wanting to jump back into breeding right now for this year even if it means a late wow. full just so when everything comes to fruition, they're able to run and they're able to race as an Illinois-bred horse. So that's really been something that's a huge positive for us and something that we're excited about because this is really, we want to do this. We want to race here at Hawthorne. We want to grow the industry. We're going to race two breeds for, for many years to come. But uh, it, it's something that, that it, it, it was a kick that we, that we really needed to get things kick-started, but uh, we are definitely very excited moving forward. Well, Jim, it's interesting you say that because this is going to generate not only, you know, purses and tax revenue and things of that sort, but what this will do for the agricultural business of the state of right. Illinois. I, I think people, when we look at stuff like this, you know, we, yeah, we see the expanded gaming and bigger purses and what it will do tax revenue-wise. But what a resurgence this gives not only to the racetracks, but to the de uh, Department of Agriculture and kind of their group, some of the farmers and things yep. of that sort. Right. And that's one of the things, I mean, in the state of Illinois, at one point you're talking about 20,000 plus people, if not more, employed just within the horse racing industry from start to finish. Wow. And when you talk about the breeding end of things, I mean, right now we're going to be looking at, at around 200 Illinois bred foals. We believe we can get back to the point where we were 15 years ago when you're talking about 1,200, 1,500, really growing that process. So you figure with the more foals, the larger breeding operations and everybody returning to the state, it's going to employ so many more people. Then you get more horses on the backside, you're talking more jobs that are available. So not only are we able to grow within the gaming end of things, but to really to be able to grow the industry and the jobs that we can provide here in the state of Illinois and for the agriculture all the way down to the southern tip of the state, that's the biggest thing that we're really looking to focus on. And this is something that will allow us to do it and allow us to do it rather quickly. All right, Jim. Well, listen, I'm super excited to see what is going to happen out in Illinois. And, you know, I've never been to Hawthorne. I've never been to Arlington. I never went to Bay Baywood. I, I do that all the time. Balmoral <laughs> or Maywood. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm going to have to get out there and kind of check things out and uh, see what Illinois racing is all about. You got it. We're looking forward to having you. You're welcome out here anytime, Mike. All right, Jim. Well, listen, good luck. And, uh, you know, keep rolling in those million-dollar nights on Sundays, will you? 
Well, we will we will keep doing it. This Sunday should be a great night too. Thanks. All right, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racecourse, and what a resurgence of uh, you know life into the state of Illinois with the gaming bill passed. We keep on rolling with the stakes action coming up this Saturday night. It's the two hundred thousand dollar Battle of Lake Erie. We'll talk to trainer Brian Loney, who trains bully trains bully pulpit. Heading into this Saturday's big race. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. This edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you solo this week as Mike Bozich has the week off. And we're joined now by a trainer, Brian Loney, who has also been referenced as Mike Twain. What's going on, Brian? <laughs> What's up, Mike? All right. Let's talk about Bully Pulpit for a little bit. Uh, what a racehorse this has kind of turned out to be for you. And you gave an interview uh, to uh, gave some comments to the Cleveland Plain dealer. And I know you guys are excited to race in this race coming up on Saturday. How's uh, Bully doing heading or leading up into the race? Uh, he's sharp as you can ask one to be right now. Now, Brian, uh, talk to us line, about his- Good. His lines pretty much speak for themselves. Now, Brian, kind of talk to us about what he's been like over the last couple of weeks uh, heading into a race like this. You head in against horses like The Wall and Rodeo Rock and things of that sort, but you guys drew extremely well uh, post number two. He's coming off of a three-race win streak. Uh, he'll mark a 49-4 and four where he beat Southwind Amazon. What's it like to kind of put him up against some of the top talent and see what he's like? Uh, you know, to me, shows the same times as them horses. You know, them horses are coming here to his home track. I know what he can do here. I know he can win in 49. Them horses been racing out to Poconos, Chester, up in Canada. They got to come here and beat him. All right. Now, the uh, obviously, he has speed to get off the wings of the car, and he's been assigned the seven and the eight hole for a majority of his races uh, while racing at Northfield Park. Obviously, he's been building up. He draws post two. Is there any sort of game plan uh, that you have for him, or is it going to be one of those things where you kind of let Aaron decide uh, what the what the pace of the race is going to be like? 
Well, four out of his last five starts, he's been parked to the quarter of 26, so I'm pretty sure we know the game plan. He's going to be <laughs> heading out of there. <laughs> Stepping on the gas and rolling, right? Yep, we're going to be rolling. Well, in, in, in a, be a race little easier like, from the two hole. And now, obviously, in a race like this, uh, Brian, you, you kind of have to put yourself into the race. This is one of those races where you don't want to get boxed in or locked down and, you know, be chomping at the bit, turning for home. This is one of those races where you want to be out and rolling. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I I can be in a six-claimer and I don't want to get trapped in. <laughs> I hate being trapped in. All right. Well, Brian, listen, uh, good luck to you coming up this Saturday night. And, uh, you know, I, I know it's got to mean a lot to you to be on the Grand Circuit stage with Bully Pulpit. And, you know, if, if he comes out on top here, is, is the plan to kind of move forward on the Grand Circuit stage? Or are we going to keep him in the uh, are we going to keep him in the uh, open series out at Northfield? I don't know. We'll see how things go. You know, do I <laughs> there's this is a good field of horses we'll see what happens after this race all right brian well listen good luck to you i know you got something to qualify i appreciate you taking a couple minutes out to uh, talk to us this morning all right thanks mike i appreciate you having me on all right trader brian loney the trainer of bully pulpit who is in the two hundred thousand dollar battle of lake erie we're going to talk to dave bianconi here in just a few minutes but let's kind of talk about race number 12 at northfield park um it is the second leg of a $10,000 guaranteed pick four, which begins in race number 11. And what a wide open field uh, this has kind of been uh, for Dave and those guys. Uh, Rodeo Rock, the three to one short morning line favorite here. Uh, finished second, the Commodore Barry to Courtly Choice, who is closing like a freight train in his last start. He draws the rail. He doesn't have a whole lot of early speed, but. He does have the ability to come from off the pace, and I think that Eric Goodell has a chance to put him into a, a good spot. Eric Goodell drove him two starts back to a win in the Great Northeast Series at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. We just talked a little bit about Bully Pulpit, who's coming off a three-race win streak, has won seven of 13 this year with a mark of 49-4 and four over Southwind Amazon, who we'll get into in a second. How about the wall last Friday night? Uh, Brett Miller picks up the drive as Joe Bongiorno will drive for his sister. Jen Bongiorno will get to none better here in just a second. But the wall really looks sharp after being impeded going around the first turn at the raceway at Western Fair District. You have always a prince whose whose last victory came at Hoosier Park back on May 17th and 148 and one final quarter and 26 and one. What a fraction! What fraction! that always a prince put in that night. You have Southwind Amazon, who has been tough as nails, made a break in the Camelot Classic, uh, was impeded. If you didn't watch that race, you need to go back and take a look at it. Um, it's a wonder that he only missed by seven lengths, closed home in 28-2 and two with a 53-2 and two final time. Ronnie Wren picks up the drive once again. You have none better, who is coming off a five-race five win streak and just seems to be getting better and better as the weeks go on, you have Jimmy Freight, the three-year-old champion, was a runner-up in the Carl Milstein Memorial at Northfield Park last year. And then post number eight for filibuster Hanover for trainer Ron Burke. What a field this has kind of turned up to be, and it's going to be super exciting. We're going to take another time out. When we come back, Dave B. and Coney will be joining the program. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. 
At BetAmerica, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the BetAmerica way. Post time, gates moving. They're off and it is on. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is big, fat, folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joining you live from the Post Time studios in Columbus. We're joined now by the Director of Racing Operations at Northfield Park, straight out of Consin, Dave Bianconi. What's up, Dave? My, my greatest race call. I haven't, I haven't had that many, but that's by far <laughs> my greatest race call. Well, listen, we, one of these days, I'm, I'm going to wait till, you know, the director's meeting or something. I'm going to get it queued up and we'll have to play it for everybody. But uh, listen, you guys have an amazing race coming up on Saturday night, the $200,000 Battle of Lake Erie. And I'm not just saying that because it's my old stomping grounds. What a field you guys have, a full field of eight going for a purse of 200000 And you couldn't have had a more wide open field. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. It was a... Uh not easy to get there you know we changed it back to an invitational this year and i'm very happy about that in fact all three of our biggest races are invitationals this year the cleveland trotting classic coming up later in the month is now an invitational and i made the milstein memorial for three-year-olds an invitational a few years ago and that's that's really the way i prefer to do it now dave talk to us a, uh, a little bit about what goes into putting a field like this together obviously you know you don't just wake up last week and say you know what i want to invite xyz there's obviously a process that kind of goes into it uh, tell us a little bit about that yeah a lot of a lot of begging and politicking <laughs> <laughs> would be the best way to describe it i mean you know you start at the top and you try to get the very very best horses in fact i think i asked mcwicket i think i texted casey at the uh horse of the year banquet last winter if she wanted to come and i was saving a spot for her and she almost did uh i think she's uh somewhat regretting that she didn't enter because the horse came up uh not great after he won at woodbine minor you know foot issue but i think he's back to, to good now and uh that's the one horse that i missed having in there but it does leave without mcwick it's still a great field and a super evenly matched field 
Now, Dave, let's kind of look at the field a little bit. You have Rodeo Rock who draws the inside. The wall draws post number three. How impressive uh, was the wall after uh, gapping the leaders? It says four lengths. I, I You watched that race just like I did. I would say it's probably closer to six or seven. And then you've got the two Ohio horses, Bully Pulpit and Southwind Amazon. We just talked to Brian Loney a little bit ago. Bully Pulpit, a $25,000 yearling purchase is entered in for two hundred thousand dollars at age six. What uh what he, what he, he what was a twenty claimer. Hey, he was a twenty he was a bully pulpit was a twenty claimer a couple years ago. I mean it's unbelievable wow. that he's come this far, but the, he's just exploded onto the scene since uh, Loney and Brad Schwartz bought him and uh, brought him to Northfield. Now we look at the field and obviously there's a lot of speed in the race and Northfield is known for its speed. No doubt about it. The track record there is 149 set by in commando and wiggle it, jiggle it, I believe. And uh, you know, you've got horses in this field who have the opportunity to potentially, uh, to potentially bust that record. You know me, I, I, I'm a times kind of guy. Uh, and I keep saying 148 and four is going to show up on your timer one of these days. <laughs> Well, I mean, we need a fast early fraction. If you're going to have a fast final time, pretty much you have to have a fast early fraction. And I think we're definitely going to get that uh, in this field. Uh, everyone and their brother is going to be leaving, uh, especially because the one uh, who's, you know, the lukewarm morning line choice, uh, Rodeo Rock, isn't a huge lever. I'm sure he'll try to leave from the rail. Every, everybody does. But there's a lot of outside horses that can just blast out of there. Now, obviously, a lot of other races going on on Saturday night. It's a full card of 16 live races at Northfield Park coming up on Saturday night. You guys have Ohio Sire Stakes action. Uh, Kind of of tell us promo-wise, I know you guys have food trucks coming in. There's some contests going on as well, and it's also Belmont Day to kind of coincide with it. Right. It's a a really big uh, late afternoon and evening, and we're trying to get people to come out. Uh, for the Belmont, which is going to be about, what, 638, I believe I saw, yep. and then hang around. The live racing actually starts before the Belmont. Live racing starts at 6, and then the battle is the 12th race, which will be in the, you know, the 1015 to 1020 range probably for our 12th race. Uh, so, as you mentioned, Ohio Sire Stakes action, uh, multiple open races as well. Got the guaranteed pick four that includes the battle of Lake Erie. So, I mean, it should be a great Saturday night. Listen, it's a great wagering card, all in all, but I, I, I've got a bone to pick with you. What is with okay. the single six? What is with the single six? We can't, <laughs> you can't get it up. You can't get it past the 25, most, 30, 40,000. It's the most hittable jackpot bet going. That's why people like it, I think, and bet it on a nightly basis because we've never even had a, a mandatory payout on the single six because, like you said, it keeps getting hit for 28,000, 34. One time it got hit for 77,000. It just kind of shows our racing. Uh, you get a lot of different priced horses. You know, you get some medium shots, some long shots mixed in there, and it makes uh, a bet like the single six hittable at Northfield. Full fields in most of the races. You know, it, it's 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 ripe for the picking when it gets up there. I, I and I have to agree with you there. I think that the full fields makes a world of difference. Obviously, you have nine in just about every race uh, at Northfield anyway, but in the single six sequence you have nine horses in each race that's a ton of combinations uh to kind of cover and if you catch one or two prices you're uh, you're sitting pretty towards the end there yeah if you get the right races to single like last night i think there were two or three big favorites and then three big long shots if you picked out those three singles and then you know really spread it out the other three races 
that's how you hit that single six. And somebody took it down last night. You know, twenty eight thousand for twenty cents is a pretty good lick. All right, Dave. Well, listen, good luck coming up on Saturday night, and uh, we'll be talking with you again this month as the Cleveland Trotting Classic comes up uh, in just a couple of weeks. I will be there. Uh, it'll be my first uh, stakes I'm doing, I'm doing some begging and politics. Hey, Mike, I'm doing some begging <laughs> and politicking for that one as we speak. So appreciate you checking in with me, brother. All right, man. Listen, good luck Saturday. See you, man. Bye. All right, Dave Bianconi, the director of racing at Northfield Park. We'll take one final time out. We'll wrap this thing up. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 7.15. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. All right, we're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. Thanks so much to our guests, Dave Bianconi, Brian Loney, Mark McKelvey, and Jim Miller for taking time out to join us. We'll see everybody back here next week with a first post of 1030. Don't forget, our live remote schedule continues next week with the Pepsi North America Cup broadcast next Saturday. Good night, everybody.